This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TV Podcast. I'm Dustin. Joining me today is BJ and Scott. And first off, uh, last week uh, we did not have an episode. I apologize f- to all of you who are looking forward to an episode. Um, I was uh, not feeling great and a little preoccupied with uh, work stuff, so did not get an episode last week. Uh, but uh, looking at our download numbers over the past month, uh, we we have been doing very well. Um, specifically, our episode that we did the first the the first. Uh, our first takes on uh, the Batman did really well, uh, almost a thousand downloads. So thank you to all of our new listeners who are coming on board and taking a listen. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode because uh, it's a little bit different. It's not specifically about the Batman. We're going to get away from the Batman to a degree. Um, we are going to be talking about the Batman, but as a uh, side part related to um, a, a new series that we're going to actually be starting here on the podcast going forward. So I'm sure everyone has heard podcasts or read listicles or gone to websites and seen rankings when it comes to a variety of different things, whether it be the best Batman or the best bat suit or the the best uh, actor who's played such a character or whatever. So the thing is, there's a pretty good, like unlimited number of stuff that we could rank. There really is. Uh, but the difference is instead of individually ranking them, we've, I've come up with uh, a way to have kind of a, a good average and kind of have a overall ranking when it comes to all of us, uh, here at the podcast. And maybe in down the line, we'll include some of the staff as well in some of these, but, uh, specifically, what we're looking at today is we're going to be ranking the live-action Riddlers. There's four that we're going to be ranking. Um, individually, we're not ranking them. Uh, we've ahead of the podcast, we've actually gave it gave our rankings, and then we've taken averages for all of them. And I'll explain exactly how we came to um, these numbers specifically, so that way there's no confusion. But this is going to be part one of three when it comes to media appearances of the Riddler. So this is specifically focusing on the live action. Um, in the future, we will be talking about the animated versions and or like the voice actor versions of, of uh, Riddler. And then uh, we'll be doing like an overall uh, when it comes to the live action and the animated versions of the, of the Riddler. 
I say animated, but I also mean, like I said, voice actors. So that would include some of the more prominent roles when it comes to like some of the uh, video games like the Arkham series and things like that. There are there's voice actors who voice these characters in prominent games. Uh, now, I can tell you right away, uh, there's a good chance that we're not going to cover every single character because I'm trying to stay away from cameos or one-off roles and things like that. So uh, we have four actors that we're ranking today specifically for live-action appearances of the Riddler. Um, Scott, you brought it to my attention that there was actually a... Uh, Another one that I completely forgot. Who was it? It was um, John Aston, most famously known as Gomez Adams from the original Adams Family. He filled in for Frank Gorshin in the 60s show when Gorshin couldn't make the commitment due to, I think, a touring uh, schedule. Yeah, so... But it was not... A notable <laughs> role. Yeah. I've seen the episode, the two-parter, so... Yeah, and... If anybody out there who's seen the entire 60 series or has the complete series, those episodes exist. It's not that they don't. It's that he wasn't one of the main actors who was playing him. He was just someone who was filling in in that role. Uh, but also, when we get to some other characters, it would be interesting. Because, like for example, they're doing some weird things with Poison Ivy. She was played by three different characters on Gotham. She was played by two different characters or two different actresses on uh, on Batwoman, so it'll be it'll be a little bit difficult when it comes to that kind of stuff. But that being said, we're going to be doing Riddler. Um, so this time we're going to be doing live action, and then not necessarily next week. We're not going to necessarily do these in in a row, but we are going to group them together so that before we start a new ranking group of another character or something else, we're going to. Uh, finish up the Riddler first. So um, look forward to future episodes ranking the uh, voice actors who have voiced Riddler and then the overall Riddler rankings in the near future because I'm going to be trying to put those together where we do uh, at least one a month. So that way within three months you get three episodes and it wraps up and then we can start a different one. And we'll obviously have plenty of other content that we'll be releasing in the meantime. Um, News out there that broke today uh, HBO Max is actually going to be debuting the Batman a little bit earlier than uh, originally anticipated. They were originally releasing it 45 days after it hit theaters, but they've moved it up a week. So it's going to be actually coming out a little bit earlier. So by the time you're listening to this, it's just a couple days away from it hitting HBO Max. For those of you who subscribe to it, you'll be able to watch it if you haven't, or you'll be able to watch it again if you have not, if you've already seen it. So there's that. We're hoping to do a commentary here in the very near future for the Batman that we will release on this um, on this specific feed, but we'll also uh, simultaneously release it on the feed for the TBU commentaries, which has a variety of other commentaries we've done over the years. And we might update some of those commentaries as time progresses and re-release them here on the podcast, this podcast feed as well in the future. So look forward to that kind of stuff in the future. But today, like I said, we're talking about live action uh, Riddler. So there are four that we're ranking, uh, specifically Paul Dano, who obviously played Riddler in uh, the recent Bat- The Batman. Then we have we also have uh, Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler in the original Batman se- television series. Uh, we have Corey Michael Smith, who played the Riddler on Gotham, the TV series. And then we have Jim Carrey, who famously played Riddler in Batman Forever. So... 
basically the way this works with the rankings is I asked all of our hosts that appear here on the, the podcast, including myself, so there's five of us, um, I asked us all to rank the the actors out of you know the top being four, since there's four options, and their bottom being one. If they were unfamiliar with an actor, um, given they didn't have enough, they haven't seen enough to really rank it, they're allowed to give it a zero. So then, instead of them, you know, immediately lowering that per that uh, actor's rankings, their score does not affect it, and the average then becomes out of three if one person abstained from that specific one. So that's how we that's how we came to it. So, um, there's only four. We're going to have a lot more in the future when we talk about the animated versions of characters. There's a ton more. And obviously, when we, if, you know, I'm sure eventually we'll get to doing the Joker. And there's a lot more Jokers than there are Riddlers that have appeared in live action and things like that. So there's a lot of different ones that could appear. This one just happens to be a list of four. So out of the four, the lowest ranked one, we'll start there and we'll work our way up. So number four is Frank Gorshin. And I have to say, I put him, um, I didn't put him at the bottom of my list, but specifically the reason I did have him in the bottom half of my list, at least, is that I I have a very specific type of Riddler that I envision when I think of Riddler. I think of him as a very methodical, uh, you know, a very systematic character that is, is conniving and trying to figure out ways to outsmart Batman. Frank Gorshin tries to outsmart Batman, but his riddles are absolute joke material. And that's what it is. And that's the problem that I have with it is that they're not serious. They're, they, you know, like the riddle answers. If I'm trying to solve a riddle, I want the riddle to have one answer, not multiple answers. And that still tends to happen with some of these other characters. But I really felt like Gorshin had it, it was it was a joke, and it was meant to be that way, and that's the way it was supposed to be because the show was obviously a campy take on the character. But when it comes to variety of different Riddlers, that is that was not one of my favorite. Um, so, what did you guys think of Frank Gorshin? I had him at number two on my list, but I think there's a lot of like ancillary like reasons why like i i feel like you know on the one hand you know obviously it's like a like a jokey character and like his riddles are really dumb you know i always remember the what goes up white and what comes down white and yellow and the answer was an egg or something um but the energy he brought to the role like for it being a really goofy one like he's very energetic like you know he can really even rival like jim carrey's energy that he brought to a similar role in forever. Um, but I think the thing that like, you know, gives him more weight and why, you know, I kind of hold him a little higher is because I feel like Frank Gorshin's like probably one of the most important um, actors to portray in a Batman role to really like make Batman what it is. Like, obviously that show kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths for a couple decades but, you know, for a lot of people who never read comics or anything like that was, you know, that was their introduction to Batman. That was their introduction to Riddler. He was the most popular character at that time because of Frank Gorshin. You know, Riddler's interest really rose, you know, and that's what people wanted to see. And then, you know, Frank Gorshin's turn also inspired other actors to sign up and, you know, 
do the Batman show. Like uh, famously, the one I've seen articles about is Cesar Romero. Like he was like, eh. and then he saw Frank Gorsh and he's like, oh, that kind of looks like fun. And so he signed up to play the Joker. And so I feel like, again, like half of it is just like the energy and like the just, you know, like you can see him sweat in some of the episodes. Like he's like acting so crazy, but that and then, you know, like I said, the importance, I feel like is just something that I think should be taken note of. But, you know, overall, I could totally see like where, you know, other people are coming from. And like when they see like a Batman threat, like Frank Gorshin is probably not going to be his first pick. I do love the Frank Gorshin Riddler of, of the uh, villains on that show. I think he's my favorite because because he was the most memorable, really, like his energy, like you said, where. He could be cackling, laughing like a lunatic, but then he could also like bring it in real close, like serious, like when he's talking to his henchmen and the camera tilted and it's all zoomed in on him. And he's talking how he wants to take down Batman and with a variety of ways, his riddles were dumb, but there's a lot of goofy things on that show that you have to let slide. It was the sixth, like, um, I don't think Frank Ocean would have been doing, uh, Paul Dano stuff with, uh, Rat Cages. Uh, but yeah, he's, Riddler kind of do you really put Riddler in the fore because I think before that show we hadn't seen him he hadn't been in the comics for a while if I read it if I remember correctly not that I was alive back then but he and then he uh, um, but he made the Riddler one of the top he was like the top Batman villain for a while he was in Superpower uh, Super Friends he had all those action figures and um, for a while that was like his mold of the Riddler was the Riddler we always saw. And that's absolutely right. Um, the, the the version of the Riddler, a lot of what we saw actually ended up becoming what the Riddler was best known for. Uh, the one thing that I will say is Frank Gorshin, he had his costume, I think his version of the character, and this is obviously has nothing to do with the actor that portrayed him, but the bowler hat and the, the question mark uh, suit... I believe was the first time that ever popped up. I don't believe that was ever in the comics. I think it was just a leotard up until that point, which is the one, this, the costume that Frank Gorshin is best known for. And that's personally my least favorite option when it comes to the Riddler costume. I, I like the bowler hat better or the green suit or even the question marks on the suit. And Gorshin had that and that carried on. And I think that was adapted later on when the Riddler appeared in the comics focusing on that to make him a little bit more serious and less less uh, campy by wearing the leotard that he was wearing in most instances. Um, in Like you said, the animated series and the action figures that came out, they were all heavily focusing on that version of, of uh, Riddler up until the 90s when they redid it for Batman the Animated Series. It was kind of the, the, the turning point for the character to be taken in a different way i think um even when you look at the comics in the 80s when the comics were getting a little bit more serious and a little bit darker toned the riddler wasn't really a character that anybody was really willing to want to mess with um that's not to say that he didn't appear occasionally but not like he did after the revitalization after he appeared in the uh 90s batman the animated series um so 
he was the lowest on the list when it came to it. He he actually got a two out of, or a, as an average, he got uh, a ranking of two. Um, the next one, so number three on the list, was Jim Carrey. Now, the only reason Jim Carrey, they actually, he, they actually, he, Jim Carrey actually tied with a two as well. The difference was there was an abstain, uh, someone abstained from Frank Gorshin. So because of that, Jim Carrey had more people rating him. So he ended up just being a little bit higher just because of that. Um, so he's the next one. Uh, personally, this is my least favorite version of, of Riddler. And I'll say it's not necessarily because Jim Carrey played the character. It's not necessarily because of anything except for what was expected. They hired a comedian to come on to play a comedic role in this film because that's the way it was written. Um, I don't look at Riddler and think to myself, this is a funny person at all. And that's exactly what they were going for when it came to Batman Forever. Um, Jim Carrey was like Frank Gorshin amped up comedy to the extreme. Um, the over the over um, exaggeration that uh, Jim Carrey did when you know with his physical humor and things like that was just something that I was not looking forward to at all. When like as I rewatched the film, um, he's actually like the one of the least interesting elements of that film. Um, which already has not that many interesting elements to begin with. But Jim Carrey is not my favorite whatsoever, but he did get um, number three on our list of top Riddlers. What did you guys think of what, – what how do you guys feel about Jim Carrey? You know, it's hard because, like, now how I feel about him now is very different than how I felt about him, like, when the movie came out. Like, I was at that right age. I was, like, a big Jim Carrey fan as a kid. So like, you know, his turn at the Riddler was just another Jim Carrey role to me. You know, it was, it was, there's very little difference other than maybe the costuming from like his Riddler and like his Ace Ventura or something, you know, like everything else he was doing around at the same time. So it kind of lives in my head as very much more Jim Carrey and less of like him taking on a role or doing something outside of his norm. And so I think like, I don't look back as like kind of I echo your sentiments in the sense that like when I look back at it like now I don't have as like favorable of you know an impression of Jim Carrey as Riddler it's just you know it is what it is it's goofy like if you're in the right state of mind or the right age it can be really fun you know and I think it was also a really good vehicle for Joel Schumacher to show off his um, costume designer background skills <laughs> with Jim Carrey and like the two mesh together very well. You know, I think the only thing I really ever think back on is um, there's that scene before, like when he's like still like Edward Nigma and he's, you know, coming up with his Riddler ideas. Still, he's watching TV and like two faces, you know, stuff's going down at the circus that they apparently run on like the local broadcast channel. Um, but, <laughs> but stuff's going down and like Edward Nigma's watching TV and he's like laughing maniacally. And I feel like that moment, you know, is, is it's in the ballpark of like what Jim Carrey usually does, but it's like the only moment where like Riddler is less of just like a weird caricature and maybe something like a little more kind of unnerving or unsettling. But other than that, I don't, you know, it is what it is, I guess. 
I I have a soft spot for Batman Forever. I mean, that's like one of the first Batman movies I remember. Um, and Jim Carrey's Ritter, like he is, he is Gorshin on steroids, like amped up. But it's also weird that like there's a movie with Jim Carrey and he's not. You could say that Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face is the more maniacal and wild villain. Um, but he was hired to be Jim Carrey and he was Jim Carrey the whole. Um, and he really never brought like like I said with Gorshin, how Gorshin brought in like his little serious moments where he was talking like quietly to himself before he would start laughing crazy. Like Jim Carrey's Riddler never really did that. He was kind of whacked out from the beginning when we saw him when he uh when he saw him with Bruce Wayne when he had his little contraption with the blender on top that could read to the T V. That was all that I still don't get that plan, but I let it go. Eight year old BJ really was into it. But he's he's uh on steroids and he, he did his part, I guess. I think ultimately if he was basing his entire character off of Frank Gorshin just turning up the comedy, it works. I just that's not the version of the character that I like. I I will say that Batman Forever was the real was the first film that I saw that that was a Batman film that really What's the best way to put this? Um, I had seen Batman Returns and Batman 1989 just randomly when I was younger. Uh, my aunt or somebody rented the film and we watched it at we watched it at her house. But when it came to Batman Forever, I remember really being interested in watching it and seeing it and getting really obsessed with all the gadgets and things like that. So, like the movie, as bad as it is, and as much as I will absolutely berate it, it does hold a special spot as well. Because it was really the first film that I was like super interested in really getting to know Batman. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, Jim Carrey, like I said earlier, he's the least favorite part. And that blender thing, absolutely. Uh, I didn't let it go, and I still don't want to let it go. I literally think about that all the time, about how horrible of a plot point that was, about how it's magically this thing that can send brainwaves, and how that was somehow supposed to be like a... Like, the, the serious tone of Val Kilmer's Batman combined with, like, the absolute off-the-wall bonkers nature of Jim Carrey just... It just it clashes so much. It's like someone told Val Kilmer, handed him a, a different script. He's acting based off of a, a more serious script. And then Jim Carrey walks in and films his scenes. And until they actually interact in those last sequences, they never actually have any idea that they're, they're, they're in two separate movies or something. It's ridiculous. To that point, though, there's a book I read. It's called Billion Dollar Batman. It's about 10 years out of date now, but... Um, it goes through like the whole franchise and like the money behind it, the studio stuff. Anyways, when they get to the Batman Forever chapter and about the making of that, it's interesting you say that because there's a whole part of that book that's talking about like you know before Jim Carrey, like it's famous, you know it's kind of known famously that they went to Robin Williams with like Forever to play Riddler, and you know at least according to like the sources in this book. You know, Robin Williams turned it down because he read the script and he thought it was too dark and too serious. So, like, you know, maybe it's just like, you know, different interpretations of the script or yeah. someone pulled Jim Carrey aside and say, like, hey, just do your thing. Yeah. But I will say out of all, like, the Batman movies, Forever is probably one I quote the most and like all the time. And 
you know, even yesterday to my wife, I, I, I had said that line, you know, that like my goal is to be Gotham's cleverest carbon based life form. And Carrie, um, Riddler's known for his cane, and he was he was pretty great yeah, with that cane. He was. That movie. He, I give it up to the cane work. Yes. All right. So That's moving on. Yeah. So moving on to number two. Uh, number two, we've got uh, Corey Michael Smith, who famously played uh, uh, Edward Nigma, and then eventually the Riddler in Gotham, the TV series. And interestingly, he was in the series for the practically the entire series. And I want to be very clear. I ranked him actually at this spot. This is exactly where I ranked him. Um, however, it's not because I liked his version or I thought he was a good Riddler. I thought he just did a better job of portraying what I want the Riddler to be compared to Jim Carrey and Frank Gorshin. The The character, I think in the first season, does a really good job. They start to go in this like, this rabbit hole of, well, he's obsessed with riddles and he's obsessed with these puzzles, but instead of actually trying to figure out a way to... The problem is because Batman doesn't exist, he doesn't have an equal. So they start creating like aspects that he needs to have an enemy without need without having one. So they randomly create this like feud with Gordon that he's involved in. They create a feud with uh, Leslie Tompkins that he's involved in. Just to, for the sake of doing it, because as we as as we know from that series, they had a hard time trying to figure out how to have these characters exist before Batman exists and have it make sense. And it just a lot of it didn't make sense. So they had they they were struggling real hard to try to figure out. And this was one of the characters. By the time the character like transitioned to becoming the what we expect the Riddler to be, it was still way too early for the Riddler to even exist. And then he had not a lot of options of other things he could do on the show other than just be this smart person that people come to for, you know, for the intelligence aspect of planning and things like that. So to be clear, while I ranked him in this spot, and this is where he ended up, he ended up with a 2.5 from the group. I will say it's not so much about the fact that the entire version of this character was great. I think it was just initially Corey Michael Smith did a great job of portraying the character the way I would hope the character is portrayed. I I give him credit for like, you know, if I'm remembering right, I did watch all of Gotham, but my mind kind of blocked out a lot of it. Um, but uh, I'd give him credit for like straddling the line from being, you know, I, I guess I hesitate to use the word zany, but between that and being more of like a serious, you know, even a figure who occasionally you can have some sympathy for, you know, for whatever's going on there. Though, you know, on 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 the same note, you know, I do remember. I think it was like I think they dropped it after a while, but I thought early on like he would like talk to himself in the mirror or see like this other vision of himself. And it, I couldn't, I had a hard time separating that from like the Willem Dafoe green goblin from the Spider-Man movies thing going on. So that's kind of where like, you know, I put him pretty low on my personal list, but I think a lot of it's just because of, of that to where it didn't, you know, I, I not to say they were copying, but I kind of associated the two a little bit. Maybe when I, maybe that was unfair of me, but that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't finish Gotham. Um, sadly, oh, maybe I'll go back to it. But uh, you're not. You're not missing from everything anything. I hear. Yeah, from everything I hear that um, 
the Riddler and the guy who played the Penguin were kind of like the strong suits of the show. And um, I remember the first episode with um, Riddler, Enigma, he worked at GCPD and he had a coffee mug with a big green question mark on it, which was a little little bit on the nose for foreshadowing, but that's pretty much all I remember. I remember he's a good actor, I guess, but maybe I'll finish one day. I, honestly, I wouldn't waste your time. Um, you'll be highly <laughs> dis- watch, right? you'll be highly disappointed by the time you get to that fifth season. Um, I did see the last um, looked up on YouTube, like the la- the final scene when it's also there's Batman and I. Yeah, he's wearing. I think he's got the green question mark jacket, right? Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Penguin's got the purple hat, so I remember seeing that. All right. So then, topping off the list is Paul Dano. This isn't really that big of a surprise. Mostly because he's the one that's freshest in our minds, but also the version that is probably most true to the character that I think we're mo- we most commonly associate Riddler when it comes to the comics. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we include some of the other versions of Riddler when it comes to the voice actors. But specifically talking about Paul Dano right now, I think everything about this character is what I would expect Riddler to be up until... There's the sequence at the very end of the film where he's just kind of like, "Hey guys, thanks for your support. I'm glad. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys are uh, are commenting and posting, and I'm so glad by this." And it, it kind of took away from like the intelligence aspect of the Riddler. Not that not that he's not. He still is. He's still planning. He's still plotting, and he's doing all of that. But it kind of like brought him down a peg where it's like. And it's not honestly. It has nothing to do with him, like having henchmen or anything like that. It's it's more of like uh, just the way he actually was portrayed in that moment. It made him feel less about being smart and outsmarting Batman, or in his mind, he was working with Batman to you know to take down these corrupt individuals within Gotham City. It just took him down a peg. So that's the only part that I didn't like, but everything else was like spot on. You know, I would expect like it it was a kind of a cool twist to see him be like, oh, no, I wasn't trying to outsmart you. I was trying to help you because we were doing this together. And it was just like his way of trying to connect to Batman by saying, like, you're going to be as smart as I am to figure this stuff out. And because of that we'll be able to do this together and we don't need, you know, we're going to do this all by ourselves, just you and I together. That that part of the the entire version of the character was really cool. Not so much the last part, but I, I can look past the last part because I think there's there's going to be more to that character in the future because they smartly did not just kill off the character like so many superhero films do nowadays. I, so I think, like... You know, I'm trying not to, like, reiterate all the stuff we said in, like, our first impressions podcast or anything. But I think, you know, what stands out to me, you know, with Paul Dano's performance is, you know, in, like, all the other Riddlers we've talked about, for the most part, there's, like, a like a shtick or, like, a one-note, like, trait, and that's what, like, the actors portraying them are known for. You know, and that's really what they bring to the, their performance. And Paul Dano's Riddler, you know, is very unpredictable I guess would be the the way to put it in the sense that like you know here's someone who's clearly going through some issues you know we see him do this breathing exercise when he's um, murdering after he murders the mayor in the very beginning of the movie and 
you know, and then there's that whole thing where, you know, he's been leaving this trail of breadcrumbs with his clues for Batman. But like at the same time, you know, while he's orchestrating this whole massive, you know, plot at the same time, he thinks Batman's, you know, and him are working together. And, you know, then he realizes maybe he gave Batman too much credit. So that kind of shows like, you know, a flaw in his thinking and like his mental illness, you know, and it's just, it's interesting that you have a performance that really tries to embrace like a character with like a lot going on. You know, he's both like brilliant and hyper intelligent, but he's also got like something going on to where he, you know, genuinely belongs in like a mental hospital or something like Arkham. Um, everything that we wanted as in a, like a Martin day Riddler where he's, He's got good rules. He's not doing like uh C for Catwoman or anything like that, like go like a Gorshin, but he's he's using technology, um, he's using everything in the modern era. So yeah, he hit he's everything that we wanted. He's creepy, he's uh kind of serial killery while well, he is. And then they left five. So I mean Gord Dano, uh if he takes off the army mask, put a bowler hat on him, give him a green jacket. He kind of looks uh, give McCain. He kind of look. He'll look like the Riddler from a comics, and that could be something we see in a future movie. Yeah, the the mask is is different um, that Dana wears, but I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But it would be cool to see him kind of. This is his the first version of the character, and he kind of involves into something else in the future. He's a little bit more showy because at this point, everyone knows who he is. He doesn't need to hide his identity like he was originally in the in the Batman. So. Overall, that is our rankings when it comes to Riddler. Um, we'd love you guys to share your rankings of these four actors. Um, if you can, you can obviously, there's a, a million ways you can get in touch with us or leave your comments. Whether if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can leave your comments in the comment section. If you're listening to it on the website or if you're listening elsewhere, you can go to the website and leave a comment in the the post on the website. Or you can uh, join the discussion on Discord or comment on social media. Just if you're listening, just tag us in the social media post and uh, we'll bring those up on our next uh, Riddler installment. When it comes to that, we'll mention some of those comments from our listeners. Uh, outside of that, be sure to check out our website because we have all kinds of news and original content related to movies, television, video games, merchandise, comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. Uh, as mentioned, we're all over social media. Pretty much, if it exists, we're there. Um, we don't have a TikTok. I'll, I'll say that. Maybe maybe someday we will. Um, but... Uh, Outside of that, you can email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord. That's always a great place to talk with us and other Bat fans about all kinds of stuff. Um, and then in addition to that, if you're interested in supporting us in any way, shape, or form, there's a million different ways that you can do that. Uh, some as easy as just clicking on affiliate links before you make purchases and others where you can volunteer your time to actually join the staff of the site. And there's a bunch of things in between. So be sure to check that out over on the website. And uh, yeah, with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TBU podcast for BJ, Scott, and myself. We'll see you guys next time.